today on It's Time. There needs to be a balance to laws. They say, Mike, why are you telling us all this? Because someday you're going to be in Jesus Christ's lawful administration here on this earth, and you better know what it's like to do that. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. strikes another man so that he dies shall surely be put to death but if he does if but if he did not lie in wait but god delivered him into his hand then i will appoint for you a place where he may flee if the man acts with a premonition against his neighbor to kill him with guile you shall take him from my altar, and he may die. Now, let me explain this real quick. There's a difference between manslaughter or murder and manslaughter or involuntary manslaughter. If you lie in wait to get somebody, the Bible says you need to die. No way around it. Premeditated murder. That's why the Bible says bring every thought captive to the mind of Christ. Because if we don't, we can act, even as Christians, on bad juju. I don't know if that's a real word, but you know what I mean. We get a weird unction. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And so I'm just going to wait outside his house here. You know, well, see, that's what it's talking about. Now, on the other hand, if you kill somebody, but there was no uh, um, pre-motivated anger to kill him, that's different. It's still manslaughter. And that person then in those days could go to the altar, hold on to the horns of the altar, and they could not take him from that until he had a fair trial. And eventually it went from that to actually what's called sanctuary cities. Have you heard that lately in your vernacular of our today? Well, what it was is that It was never meant the way our sanctuary cities in America are being set up for illegal people. The the idea of a sanctuary city was that if you by accident killed somebody, you would go flee to one of these cities and you could be there without the family members coming and getting you and killing you. You were protected there until the trial and all those things went down. Now, the horns of the altar were where they have, they had these horns that were there, and they actually would tie the sacrifice, the animal to be sacrificed there while it was being sacrificed. They would tie it. So it's interesting. The person that runs, grabs onto, is in a way, kind of like a sacrifice. He's holding on to the horns of the altar for protection. But God says this. Notice he says here. He said, 
um, if he comes out to kill him with guile, you shall take him from the horns of the altar, literally, and kill him anyway. In other words, God says, I take murder really seriously. I think it's really important because, again, today it seems like we don't. If you've noticed that, it seems like the whole country, there's really no repercussions for any wrongdoing, if you've noticed that. So here he says, he goes on, and he says, And he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Um, And this word strikes means to literally try to kill them. It isn't like you smack somebody or whatever. This is where you actually try to strike your parents to kill them. That person will be put to death. He goes on, he who kidnaps a man and sells him or is found in his hand, surely he will be put to death. Why? Because God says, You are stealing his life. Now, maybe you didn't kill him, but you stole him to sell him into slavery. And by the way, if you've been coming to this church any length of time, if we go back a little bit, we remember Joseph's brothers. Remember them? They were exceedingly jealous of him. And we remember they wanted to kill him. And so what they did is they took him and they sold him into a, to a bunch of Midianites who are on their way down to Egypt and they sold their brother into slavery. By law, by God's law, all the brothers except for Benjamin, who was not part of it, all of them would have been executed. Now, why do, why do I bring that up? Why weren't they executed? And by the way, I believe this is one of the reasons why when, when uh, Joseph did not reveal himself, when they came begging for food, I believe their conscience really bothered him because the Bible says that God has wrote his law on the hearts of men. Even ungodly men know it's wrong to kill somebody else. And so I believe this probably bothered them for many, many years. And now when he's brought in there and he, and Joseph doesn't reveal himself, he's going to, but he didn't at the time. And he begins to really roast him. Well, these things have happened to us because of what we did to Joseph years ago. I mean, and that guilty conscience comes back up. You know, what's really weird. Guilty consciences cause weird behavior. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? Have you ever noticed that if you lie, and you got a guilty conscience and somebody asks you, then you got to tell another lie to cover that lie, to cover another lie, and pretty soon the whole thing's a scam. Well, it causes weird things. And, and I, I've talked to people. I, I, years ago, I, I, I you know, used to do a lot of street witnessing and, and things like that. And I remember talking to people and they'd say, I go, well, what did you do this weekend? Well, we went out clubbing. And I said, oh, How did that work out for you? And I remember this one girl, she said, well, all I can tell you is this. When I came home, I felt so dirty. I just got in the shower and tried to take a long shower to wash the feeling off. And it won't go away. That's true, friends. It won't go away. Because it's called Dirty Heavy Soul. 21 Pilots wrote a song about that. We play it on the effect. 
dirty, heavy soul. I really believe that. And a dirty, heavy soul cannot be psychedelicized away. Well, let me explain that. You can go to AA, you can go to psychiatrists, you can go to your friends, you can get drunk, you can get loaded, you can do all the things trying to get rid of a heavy, dirty soul. Why is that? Because it's become part of you. You know, one of the things the Bible endeavors to bring across to us, what you do is what you become. Have you noticed that? If you hang out with a bunch of drug addicts, what's the chances of you ending up as one? Pretty good. You're known by the company you keep. And the thing is, when we do things, those things become part of us, like cleons. They attach themselves to us. And we try to brush it off. And we can't. It has become part of us. Until we come to Christ... Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. And for the first time, your soul, your mind, your body, your spirit gets that everlasting Holy Spirit shower that washes that junk off. It feels so good. It does. Oh, how happy is the man whose sins are forgiven, the Bible says. So as we look at this, A person that sells somebody in slavery or somebody that's caught with the individual or caught with the money. Uh, Some people believe that's more or less what it's talking about. Caught with it in their hand, the money of selling the person into slavery. They shall be put to death. He says, um, he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Now, early we remember, if we go back to verse 15, he who strikes his father or mother, now we find he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. What that curses means, I want my parents dead. Uh, That'd get you the death sentence in those days. And here's why. Because you see, if we don't respect the people that have went on before us, they're not going to respect us. Have you heard the term euthanasia lately? And I'm not talking about a YWAM team going to Europe or uh, uh, euthanasia. Killing old people. Do not resuscitate has been handed down by the siblings on their parents. This is what I'm talking about. And when we lose that respect people will lose their respect for us down the road. And so he who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. If a man contends with each other and one strikes the other with a stone, maybe a semi-automatic stone, I don't know, or with his fists, he does, does not die but is confined to his bed. If he rises and walks about, outside with his staff, then he who struck him shall be acquitted. He shall only pay for the loss of his time and shall provide for him, though he be uh, thoroughly healed. So this was one of the laws of reciprocity, or maybe I should say uh, uh, paying somebody back. If you decap or hurt somebody, uh, you would then have to pay for their their time off work. And we, 
Our laws are, a lot of our laws today were originally based on these laws. Um, so he goes on, verse 20. Uh, if a man beats his servants or his maidservants with a rod so that he dies under his hand, he shall surely be punished. Notwithstanding, if he remains alive a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his property. This is weird. Did you catch that? If you beat your servant and he dies, you're going to be punished. If he lives a couple of days, then you won't be punished because he's his property. You say, well, what is the mentality behind that? I believe one of the mentalities behind this is to not get sold as a slave. You see, that would be motivation. I'd read this and go, Mom, Dad, I never want to let that happen to me. I want to be very circumspect when I make my judgments that I don't end up having to auction myself off someday. You see, the, the problem is there's no deterrent today for crime. Have you noticed that? People, I read about some guy, illegal person, shot a girl on San Francisco out in the harbor. She died right there. They caught the guy. Nothing happened to the guy. Nothing. And so people go, what's the deterrent for crime? And yet you'll find some minor crime. They'll be in jail for 10 years. And you go, where is the sanity in this? This is what the Bible is talking about here. There has to be repercussions for serious crime. And so he says, these are the things. Also, these things are to motivate us to not find ourselves being sold as a slave. If, the man, if, if men fight, I guess that happens. If men fight and hurt a woman, now this would be um, uh, by accident. You find two guys duking it out, comes over. Hey, you stole my water buffalo. Hey, well, that's all right. I'm going to keep the water buffalo. No, you're not. And they get in a fight and they're throwing things at each other and they hit the woman that's there and she's pregnant. This is what this is talking about. With child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no lasting harm follows he shall surely be punished according as the woman's husband imposes on him, and he shall pay as the judge determines. But if any lasting harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Why is that in here? Two things. Number one, you don't go overboard on the punishment. In other words, what they did to you, you have a right to do to them. Now, that didn't mean you had to do it. But that meant you could only go so far in the punishment. And sometimes we see today incredible punishments. This past week in Syria, they executed, I forget, 25 people for lighting uh, some wildfires. And a lot of the civil rights groups in America were appalled by it. But you see, there's no laws in Syria to prevent that. It was not eye for eye or tooth for tooth. 
It was a wildfire kill you. So the point is, what I'm saying is that there needs to be a balance to laws. They say, Mike, why are you telling us all this? Because someday you're going to be in Jesus Christ's lawful administration here on this earth, and you better know what it's like to do that. Now, again, I want to just believe we're all in heaven sitting around on a big fluffy cloud eating angel food cake. But the thing is, the Bible doesn't say that's what we're going to be doing. And for a thousand years, we will rule and reign with him. And this gives us a pretty good idea of the law set and the mindset that God has for us to execute on this planet. In other words, we will be serving our king, not only in heaven, on this earth, but throughout all of eternity. I think that's good to know. So he says... We can't go overboard on the punishment. If he knocks out a servant's tooth or a maidservant's tooth. Now this goes back to the six-year slave. Let's go back to that very quickly. If he knocks out a servant's tooth or a maidservant's tooth, um, excuse me, verse 26, if he strikes the eye of his servant or the eye of his manservant and destroys it, he shall let him go free for the sake of his eye. If he knocks out the tooth, the same thing. He gets to go free. You've got a servant, six years, you get in a scuffle with him, you knock his tooth out. Well, that you can't say, oh, it's his property, he can do what he wants. No, nope. he gets to go free by law. You, 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 you wronged him, and so therefore you have to let him go. Now, these are some couple of weird things here. He says, if an ox gourds a man or a woman to death, then the ox shall surely be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be acquitted. So if you've got one bad dude, you got a bad ox and he goes out and he gourds somebody. Now remember oxen, the reason why I believe the Bible uses the word oxen here, because that was the only animal really the people of Israel had that could do this to a human being. Maybe with the exception of a mule getting, or donkey getting kicked in the head or something, I don't know, but, but this was the only real animal that could kill somebody. And he does it, and they take the animal out and kill it, and he's acquitted. Okay. But if the ox tended to thrust with its horns in times past and has been made known to his owner and he's not kept it confined so that it killed a man or a woman, the ox will be stoned and its owner shall also be put to death. Willful negligence. You've got a bad ox who has been known to kill people, and because you didn't contain it, not only is the ox going to die, you're going to die too. If there be, if, if there is imposed on him, the sum of money he shall pay to redeem his life, whatever is imposed on him. So he can buy his life back from the person who got gored or his family. Where it has been gored, uh, a son... Or gored a daughter, according to the judgment, it shall be done to him. If the ox uh, gores a maidservant or a manservant, he shall give uh, to their master 30 shekels of silver, 
uh, and the ox shall be stoned. It's interesting there that Jesus was um, wounded for us for 30 pieces of silver. And if a man opens a pit, or if a man digs a pit and does not cover it, and an ox or a donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall make it good, and he shall give money to the owner, but he, uh, but the dead beast will be his. If another man, ox, hurts another so that it dies, they shall set, they, excuse me, they shall sell the live ox and divide the money from it and the dead ox they will also divide. Now, by the way, just real quickly, the reason why these rules are strong on oxen is this. If you were Hebrew, you just came out of, uh, you're on your way to the promised land, and you were going to farm, the ox was what pulled the plow, and if something happened to your ox, your family could starve to death. You, you would go broke. And so that's why there was governance concerning oxen and all these things, because that was your livelihood, or you would end up as a slave on the auction block because you went into bankruptcy because you couldn't pay, you couldn't feed your family. So that's why there was these laws that were written the way they are. He goes on and says, if the ox hurts another so that it dies, they shall then set the live ox and divide the money from it and the dead ox they shall also divide or if it is known that the ox tended to thrust at times past the owner has not kept it confined he shall surely pay for the ox for ox and the dead beast shall be his own very clearly they're saying here take care of what you got don't get into debt don't allow yourself to be sold as a slave. Don't sell anybody as a slave. Don't curse your mom. Don't curse your dad. You're going to do well in life. You see, he put these laws in because God is not a God of lawlessness. But he's a God that says, hey, this is the way man Olson nature needs to be dealt with. Now, friends, again, during the millennial reign of Christ, even though we're in a perfect environment, perfect world, all those things, there is still a world populated with unregenerated people. Yes, Satan is locked up, but people are still people. And there's where the problem comes from, because people need to be born again. Perhaps today, maybe you have a dirty, heavy soul. Maybe there's some things not right deep down inside, and you know that. And there's a song years ago written by Randy Stonehill called Keep Me Running from the Sins I Can't Erase. You know, it's really interesting what people will run to to try to run away from what they are. And this morning, if you're not born again, I want to invite you to come into Jesus Let him give you that shower for your soul that you need. Let him born you anew. His blood is what's in the shower. Only sin is washed away by God's blood, by Jesus' blood shed for you. This morning, he took your place. He became your bondservant by choice because he loved you to take away your sins.
I pray this morning you understand how important these issues are. Not only for you as a Christian in the days to come, but also that we understand why Jesus, because he loved us, became that bondservant. We needed somebody to help us. We couldn't do it ourselves. So this morning, if you're not a Christian, I want to invite you to come into the kingdom of God. The Bible says, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means simply this. God, I'm sick of the way I've lived. I want a new life. And God says, you got it. If you want that this morning, we're going to pray. And you can ask Jesus to come into your life, cleanse your heart, have a brand new life. And now we live for him. And the Bible says he adopts us as his children. No more, oh God, I hope you're out there somewhere. It's we go, daddy. Let the Lord bless you that way this morning. Let's pray. If you need to get right with God, repeat this in your heart. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I need to be washed clean. So forgive me of the things I've done wrong. And I repent of the foolish way that I have lived. To hide from my sins, to find fulfillment in life, I'm sorry. I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. As I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And his blood washed away my sins. And he rose from the dead to give me life every day. So write my name in your book of life. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.